What's up, guys? Positive Chuck Mockler here, part of the Lockdown Clippers podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Um, Will and I had an episode recorded. We are in different areas, so we had to do it over the phone. There were some technical difficulties, so you're getting me today, William the Opinion up like tomorrow, kind of a joint custody type thing. It's all going to be okay. Um, this is Thirsty Thursday, so I'm going to be doing a recap of the Suns game against the Clippers. Uh, what Will and I both want to see more of on Thirsty Thursdays, and then previewing tonight's game of the Kings versus the Clippers. But first, I want to give everyone a reminder that this Monday at Tom's Urban at LA Live, we're doing a live watch party for the Clippers versus Pelicans game. It's going to be awesome. Happy hour, half off everything that pours, 2 to 5 p.m. Super huge local brewery selection, $15 wings and beer deal for listeners. Come on out, come say what's up. So... Going to get right into this, the recap of the Suns versus Clippers game. Uh, the Clippers did get a win. It was 115-99. to William, the opinion updike, I think predicted it to be 118-98. to So, I mean, he's a prophet. If you were listening, you kind of heard the future last night, which is pretty cool. Um, Going to do some stats really quick. Uh, Danilo Gallinari got his first double-double of the year, putting up 28 points and 10 rebounds. He basically kept us in the game early. Lou Williams had 20 points, Tobias had at 18 and 10, Trez had 18, and Shea had 13, 7, and 6, Boban added 12 and 12. I think our entire uh, front court had a double-double, the starting front court. It was a good game as it went on for the Clippers. Um, they came out very sloppy in the first and the second half. Really, I mean, the whole first third of the game, it was kind of that classic, when the Clippers play bad, they, uh, they get into this weird kind of fidgety iso ball. Everyone seems really amped up and not really sure exactly what they should be doing. So everyone tries to do too much while not doing anything. Um, so it was a lot of that. The turnovers for both teams were horrendous to watch. There were multiple possessions where one team would get a steal, and then the Clippers would get it back, and the Suns would steal it back immediately after that. So it was a really kind of disjointed, goofy game right in the beginning. Um, everyone on the Clippers looked just off for some reason. Uh, the Clippers definitely looked like the team on the end of a back-to-back, as the Suns were, as opposed to the beginning of one, which we uh, were. So I don't know if that was just some rust, because they hadn't played in a while, but it was not uh, a convincing first half at all from the Clippers. It was a little dangerous at one point. I thought the Suns were going to beat us. Gallo missed his first free throw that he took in this game, which I think is a pretty good indication that things are off for this team. Um, There's a bunch of, like I said, bad turnovers. There's a really funny one where Avery Bradley um, got a board and then he went for a full court pass, which is something you don't ever really want Avery Bradley to do. And Devin Booker was actually hiding behind Boban and like, like popped out and like peekaboo style got the steal, which was pretty funny to see. Um, Avery Bradley was surprised. It was something uh, kind of entertaining in the midst of what was truly awful um, shot taking. The only reason this really didn't end up like that game against the Hawks where we had to play catch up early was because of Gallo. He got to the line super early. Um, Like I said, he did miss his first free throw. But I mean, after that, he was classic Gallo hitting, I think all of them other than that first one. So that really kept the Clippers in the game and kept it from having to play too much catch-up. We were down at one point in this game, uh, and it just looked like it was going to be a letdown, like kind of like that Wizards game or something like that. Um, Shea 
played well. Um, early on, he hit a three-pointer, which kept the defense really honest. Um, it was a very... He got the ball uh, at the top of the key and immediately put up the shot. And it went in. So it kept the defense honest, like I said, for the rest of the game. There was at one point in the second quarter, very similar situation. The ball gets kicked out to Shea. He takes a pump fake, and the defender completely bid on it. He gets him in the air. Shea goes around him and gets that layup. And that aggressiveness was great to see, but that aggressiveness doesn't happen if he doesn't hit that first three-pointer. Um, he hit a couple, I think he hit one other ones. It was just really good to see him kind of get more confidence overall in his shot and not be afraid to just let it fly. Cause even if it doesn't go in, uh, it's nice to keep that defense aware of what you can do from the outside. Um, he's not going to be like Ben Simmons, obviously, and just never take three point shots. So it was nice to see him be a little more aggressive. Um, he needs to maybe develop his finishing game a little more. Um, he's a very smooth player, but not the most explosive player. Uh, so he was he got blocked a couple times at the rim, and that's been happening this year because his pivot game is fantastic. Either foot, he has some really great pivot moves and stuff like that. But when he gets into the air, because he's got a slighter frame, if he doesn't get that initial kind of silky smooth up and under, he's just going to get blocked. Um, defenders have stayed more patient with him around the rim, which has caused him to just, you know, take his lumps a little bit. It'll be, it would be nice for him to maybe learn from Lou on how to finish as a super skinny guy. I think Lou might be the only person on the team who's skinnier than Shea. Um, so other than that, I mean, you know, like I said, he put up 13, 7, and 6. He did a little bit of everything. His passing looked really good. There was a pass uh, to Mike Scott late in the game that was this one-handed bounce pass as Mike Scott was cutting, and it was gorgeous. Um, and so it's cool to see him get a little more confident in his playmaking and his three-point shots. That's where, I mean, the only real knocks we have on Shea, I think, as a fan base, are those two things. So great to see him get into that rhythm. Um, Turnover-wise, this game was terrible. We had four uh, in the game before this, we ended this game with 21. Thankfully, they ended with 16. And this is a category that, if not fixed, will prevent us from being a top four seed. Or, I mean, honestly, even a five seed, given how hard the West is. Uh, we made up for losing the turnover battle by winning the free throw competition. We had a lot more than they did, which was great. Um, yeah, the tur- I mean, if anyone who's listening watched the game... I mean, I I didn't turn it off, but I was borderline like, okay, I... I don't know if I need to watch this whole game. <laughs> I get, uh, it was definitely not the most uh, reassuring ball safety game to have watched. Um, bit of a shakeup for the starting lineup. If you didn't see the game or wondering why I haven't mentioned Gortat yet, he had back spasms actually in warm-ups. So Boban got the start in place of Gortat. Everyone's pretty excited. We hope Gortat gets better. I can't imagine how painful back spasms are to keep an NBA player out of a game. Um, but DeAndre Ayton was completely dumbfounded. Uh, playing against Boban, he had absolutely no idea what to do. DeAndre Ayton ended this game with four and nine, which might—I don't have the stats right in front of me—but that might be his worst game of the year so far. Uh, after the game, he had a really funny quote. He said, "I got really thrown off by the big dude. Not gonna lie, he's a big dude." I mean, truer words I don't think have ever been said about Boban Marjanovic. He is a big dude. Uh, Will and I had talked about the day before about how Ayton kind of shies away from physicality and stuff like that. So it was nice to see Boban really come in and be really effective. I think in his first 10 minutes, he had six and nine or something like that. So the physicality that Boban brings to the table against centers like Aiton, who don't necessarily want to get in there and just bang around or something like that, is invaluable for this team. 
Boban did look a little shaky in the beginning. Doc was kind of telling him to slow down because he he got a couple putbacks that he put right back up and they missed, which is pretty rare uh, for someone who can dunk without jumping. And he did slow it down. He ended up being, you know, getting back to his normal efficient self. But he was a little shaky. He kind of had some stoned hands in the beginning, which, you know, thankfully they got figured out so he got the win. Avery Bradley is a guy who, you know, offensively, most fans, I would say, have been kind of down on him, but his defense in the past four or five games has been undeniable. Uh, Booker ended the game with 23 points, which for Devin Booker is kind of a bad game, really the complete focal point of that offense. And Avery Bradley was playing such annoying defense on him. Uh, very early, I think it took him about two possessions to finally figure out that uh, the Suns were trying to screen Avery off of Devin Booker, right, like even before half court. Um because Avery Bradley was picking up pretty early, which was great to see. And, I mean, Devin Booker got frustrated, which makes sense. Um, you're going against a dogged defender. Uh, tonight, there's another pretty tough backcourt matchup against the Kings. So it'll be, it's, it's been really cool to see Avery Bradley kind of put together this stretch of games that really make you remember how good at defense he is. Because I was someone who personally wanted him switched out. Uh, I wanted Sindarius to take a couple of his minutes. Thankfully, Doc didn't listen to me. Um, kind of shocking for most listeners, I'm sure. But he's, he, I mean, he's, made, he's proved me wrong, and it's been fantastic. If his defense keeps playing like this, and with Shea learning how to contribute more playmaking-wise, the Shea-Bradley backcourt is pretty damn effective. Um, in the second, the Suns went on a 9-2 run. Uh, we were losing at that point, and I think I threw a couple of I think I threw my phone. I think I threw the remote. I was throwing a bunch of stuff. Um, they just looked particularly terrible. I don't know if that run was so much because the Suns were playing well or because we were playing like uh, ass, for lack of a better word. The Clippers, finally in the third, answered with a 12-2 run. A uh, couple of big threes from Gallo and Tobias. They finally started playing the way they know how to play. Uh, the offense was moving beautifully. There wasn't really any tightness. And then in the fourth... Uh, Trez and Lou Williams took over. Trez had 12 points in the fourth quarter against the Suns, the most in the fourth quarter in his career. It's just awesome to see Trez setting a bunch of career highs. It seems like every other game he's setting seems like a high in scoring or quarter scoring or something like that. Um, His electricity and explosiveness just getting to the rim. He makes everyone around him a great passer. It was awesome. Lou was a little sloppy, but, I mean, he ended with 20 points, so off the bench, that's nothing... We can't really be that mad at. Weirdly enough, the Suns bench outscored, outrebounded, and uh, had more steals than our bench, which I don't think is going to happen too many other times uh, in the rest of the season against other teams just because our bench is so good. But our starters, thankfully, beat them in all the important categories, so that kind of put us over the top. All in all, very sloppy win. Um... It's good to get this out of the system before we play the Kings tonight and the Mavs on Sunday. Uh, The Kings pose kind of a big threat. Will and I were mostly worried about that game. Um, I'm going to get into that uh, after our next segment. But yeah, this was one of those games that I think Clippers fans are maybe getting tired of where we're going against a team that, you know, Tobias Harris did say in the postgame that you can't look at teams' records because it's the West and every team is good. But this was a team we maybe shouldn't have ever been losing to at some point during this game. So it was a little frustrating uh, to see that. But hey, we got the win. Um, That's the most important thing. 
115 to 99. You know, it was weirdly closer than that score suggests, I would say. We really pulled away late, which is the mark of a team that's better than another team if we can kind of just bounce back and stuff like that. So hopefully tonight against the Kings, we don't have to do too much chasing. Um, but I guess we'll, we'll remain to be seen. There's some fairly big player news I'll get into in a second. Um, coming up, I'm going to talk about Thirsty Thursdays, some things that Will and I are wanting to see more of. But first, I want to give a shout out uh, to our new sponsor, Metro Infinity, just off the 210 in Monrovia, 821 East Central Avenue, Monrovia. They're the only dealer in California that's family owned, and they have been for 25 years. I don't know about you, it's the holidays, I was just around my families. Can't imagine running a business with them for 25 years. If you'd like to get a new car, if you don't even like going to the dealership, Metro Infinity will hook you up. They will bring your new car and the paperwork to your home or office and complete the whole thing. If you mention Locked On, they'll give you $500 off any car purchase. If you're thinking about a new Infinity or any other type of car, give them a chance to get your business. They have over 50 certified pre-owned Infinities. You can reach them at 626-599-7510 or MetroInfinity.com. So, this is this week's Thirsty Thursdays. I have what Will is thirsty for. I have what I am thirsty for. But I kind of want to start it off uh, with something that I guess is kind of the opposite of Thirsty Thursday. Earlier when we recorded this, we deemed it the uh, pulmonary edema Thursday because I am just too full of this liquid. We couldn't figure out what the opposite of thirsty is. If you know what it is, please hit us up on Twitter. Um, but I am pulmonary edema with uh, Patrick Beverly and three-point attempts. I know I'm not the only person who's tired of these things. Last night he was 0 for 4 in the game. Uh, he's had games where he's been like 1 of 6, you know, 1 of 5 and stuff like that. And the thing is, as I'm not necessarily mad at that he's taking this many, it's how he's taking them. There were more than a few uh, instances where there's more than 10 seconds left on the shot clock, and he's putting up not necessarily a contested three, but a three-pointer where it's like, what the hell are you doing, man? We don't really need this right now. Um, so that has been really frustrating to see. I really hope that stops. Um, he's at career lows in percentage and attempts right now. So I guess it's good he's not taking as many um, three-pointers as he was, but he's just not even hitting them at the same clip that he has been before in his career. Uh, it's killing possessions. You know, against lesser teams, I guess it's not as big of a deal because we can make up for it in other ways. But against good teams, they're going to let Patrick Beverly shoot, uh, I assume, as many three-pointers as he really wants to, and rightfully so. Um, there was an instance in this game where he got a steal. He kind of knocked the ball away, which was fantastic. And then as he's chasing it down, it kind of turns into a one-man fast break. He has a bunch of space around him. Uh, no one really there to contest him or do anything, and he steps back into the corner, and he takes a three-pointer, and he absolutely clangs it. I think he somehow hit the backside of the rim. It was one of those shots that took like a goofy bounce after the miss, so you're like, oh, that, yeah, no, that didn't even look good coming off his hand. Um, he just, I'm not sure who's telling him to shoot, but it would be nice if they stopped. Um, I don't think it's Sam Cassell. I don't think it's Doc Rivers. It's just something, they don't even look like designed plays for him to take these three-pointers, so it's a little frustrating. If he's hitting them, it's one of those things where I'm fine with it, but he hasn't, I think there's one game where he shot well from three so far this year. That has not been good to see. Um, so let's get into something that I'm actually excited about uh, for Thirsty Thursdays. Sundarius Thornwell got some minutes. 
uh, last night, which was really cool. He was put in to pretty much play defense, which he did. He ended with uh, two points, I believe, two boards, maybe one assist and two turnovers, which for the box score, no, that does not sound very good. But in a sloppy game where you need guys to be locked in defensively and maybe do a little more than usual, he's the perfect guy. Uh, He had his hands in the passing lane a ton. His offense... You know, Will and I uh, were disciples of the Thorn God. We absolutely love Sindarius. He was so huge for us last year to get to 42 wins and stuff like that. Um, but offensively, he's still got a really long way to go. Um, but if he can learn from Patrick Beverly and Bradley, it seems like he could maybe morph into this kind of diet Roberson role, hopefully a little more better offensively from the free throw line um, than Roberson is. But his defense is just so good. His instincts are great. He's got a great frame for his position. Um he really he played well last night. Uh, defensively, it was really good to see. I hope we see a few more minutes from him. He played 12 minutes, which, you know, that's I think that's probably all we can expect at this point, given his kind of black hole uh, on the end, on the offensive end of the uh, of the court. Another thing we're thirsty for, which we will get to see tonight, which I will talk about a little more at the next break, is uh, Jonathan Motley. Oh, man. The Clippers Nation on Twitter has been absolutely clamoring to see more Motley, and we're going to tonight. They called him up from the Agua Caliente Clippers. He played last night, had a great game. Uh, Gortat might be out with those back spasms again, so there is a chance we're going to see some Jonathan Motley. He's a guy who can, I mean, he just eats up the boards. He eats up boards. He's got a little more versatile game than Gortat or any of our other centers where he can kind of spot up and shoot a little bit. That's something, we have these three very niche centers. We have Gortat as the kind of, you know, classic big. We have Trez as the undersized energetic big. And then we have Boban, uh, the biggest of bigs. So it's going to be cool to see a little more newer style center out there tonight. Uh, A really tall guy who can stretch the floor and whatnot. Uh, I mean, Clippers Nation was asking for him, and we're getting him. So we're pretty excited to see him tonight. We wish him well. He did play last night, so it'll be interesting to see how many minutes he actually does get. Um, That's what we're thirsty for. Very thirsty for a victory tonight. It would be wonderful to get a victory against the Kings before we move on to the Mavs, who are red hot right now. Um, This has been a brief Thirsty Thursday segment. Um, I personally, I don't know about you guys, I am traveling uh, for these holidays, I'm going to be in very cold areas away from Los Angeles. Like I said, I'm in Seattle now. If you need warm clothes, uh, like I do, check out actionheat.com. If you go to actionheat.com slash locked on, or use the coupon code locked on at checkout, you'll get 20% off. Uh, stay toasty warm while you enjoy your outdoor activities. They got jackets, they got underlayers, they got everything. Shout out to Action Heat. Thank you for sponsoring the podcast. Go get some warm clothes, you guys. So now we're going to preview the game tonight against the Kings which feels, this was the game that Will and I were both worried about, I think, the most of this kind of trio of quote-unquote, you know, bad teams where we go Suns, Kings, Mavs. This one seems like it's going to be tough. Um, What we're going to need to do to win is completely forget about the first half of that Suns game. Uh, If we play like the second half and actually kind of respect our opponent and not play down to their level, this should be a quote-unquote easy win. Uh, I said on Twitter that this Clippers team is kind of like the Monstars when they play bad teams, where we just put our hand on that glowing ball and take all the bad tendencies that the the opponent does. Hopefully we won't do that tonight. Um, we need to crush on the boards like we did against the Suns. We won the rebounding battle 56-34, which was huge. Boban did play a large part in that, kind of outbodying DeAndre Ayton. So if Motley gets some playing time, it'll be cool to see... Uh, 
Boban, Motley, and Trez out there. Boban did play 20 minutes last night, so he's going to be gassed. We've seen him uh, with tired legs, and it is a pretty steep drop-off in how effective he can be against other teams on both ends of the floor. So rotating those centers is going to be key. Doc's been great with that so far. Going to be pretty cool to see how he coaches Motley and has uh, how he plays to his strengths. Another key to victory, we have to keep getting to the line. Uh, when this team kind of plays that weird iso ball, it's been cool to see a couple of guys have understood, well, if we're going to play this disjointed basketball, because the guys know they're playing bad is the other thing. Um, if we're going to play this disjointed kind of basketball, one of us has to get to the line, at least get some points if the offense isn't flowing. Uh, it was Gallo last night. Maybe it's Tobias. Maybe it's Shea tonight. This would be a really cool game to see Shea kind of come through and show what he can do uh, physicality-wise. I'm assuming he has some confidence from last game, what with the three-pointers and the pretty decent stat line with the playmaking. So hopefully that comes out. We can see him getting to the line more, drawing those fouls. What could go wrong in this uh, matchup is, I mean, that backcourt of Jaron Fox and Buddy Heald is a very good backcourt. They're very offensive-minded. If they get hot and Willie Cauley-Stein is playing well, that's a tough kind of nucleus to work around um they could uh some of their shooters might be getting a little hot get a little streaky that could be tough and space it out the biggest thing that could go wrong though is that we just keep playing that uh that bad brand of iso basketball we play we're going to play to their level we're going to be disjointed turnovers could absolutely kill us i hope to whatever is above us that we have less than 20 tonight that feels like a win in that category? I don't know. If we have less than 20 and we get to the line more than they do, that's a fantastic game. Um, let's hope we get to the boards. Um, key matchups, center versus center, that's going to be big. Uh, if Gortat is fully out again, we're going to see some Motley, uh, who against Willie Cauley-Stein is going to be a pretty interesting matchup. I don't think Motley's ever played against a guy as athletic as Willie Cauley-Stein. He is, I mean, fantastic when he gets going. He could pose a problem for us down low, especially on the boards and the offensive end. It will be, uh, hopefully we can contain him. I mentioned De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald earlier. Fox and Heald versus Bradley and Shea. Very offensive backcourt. We're assuming Bradley is just going to guard the primary ball handler to disrupt the offense. He had he was tasked with guarding Booker last night, so that was kind of a nice warm-up to both of these guys, which will be good. Um, but I personally want to see Bradley on whoever's the primary ball handler, be that maybe they're going to switch something like that, but his on ball defense has been so damn good lately that I just want to keep watching him crush, uh, the will of the other offenses. Bogdan Bogdanovic and Bagley against our second unit could maybe be an issue. Bogdan has shown that he can play really well, almost kind of when he wants to, which can be an issue with some young players and Bagley, could go off tonight. I don't know. Uh, those who listen know that I'm weirdly a really big Marvin Bagley fan. Um, I do see him maybe being able to kind of abuse Mike Scott, whoever's going to be playing against him. Um, Mike Scott's going to have to be huge for our bench if we end up having to play catch-up, which, with this team, we might have to. Uh, if we play down to their level, if we have to play catch-up, it's going to come down to battle of the benches, and we have to pull away. Thankfully, we have Trez. We're going to see some new blood in Motley. So... There's a lot of things that could go good, but I would argue just as many things that could go wrong. Um, let's hope they can get the victory against the Kings tonight. Will predicted uh, a victory for the Clippers. I believe it was uh, 115 to 110. I am going to predict the Clippers also win. I think it's going to be a 110 to 106. Going to be a bit of a nail biter. 
Tomorrow, guys, you are going to get William the Opinion Updike all to yourself. Uh, he's going to be having a game recap of the game against the Kings tonight. A bit of a little preview of the Mavs game on Sunday. Uh, and, of course, playing his own version of Love, Mary Kill. Quick reminder one more time. Monday, December 3rd, we're having a watch party. Tom's Urban and LA Live. Listeners get a $15 wing and beer special for coming out. There's happy hour. Half off anything that pours. Check out tomsurban.com slash lockdown for more info. We're going to be there. Come through. Let's all set personal best for the amounts of wings eaten. It's going to be super awesome. Uh, if you can't make it that day, we're usually there pre and post game if we're going to Clippers games. So come say what's up. Guys, I have been solo positive Chuck Mockler here in Seattle, Washington. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.